0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to I Was There, the program where we get up close and personal with people who were actual eyewitnesses to history. I'm Ron Roberson. And I'm Jeff Trujillo. And we're two peas in a podcast. I'd be the black eye pea, what pea you be?
1: You said I was the chicka but I, I don't know what that means. So... <laughs> it just sounded good anyway, yeah. you know, so uh, you can be pee-wee. Uh, okay, that? I'll be pee-wee, P-wee. there <laughs> you go, I'm pee-wee, there you go, I'll, I'll go with that one.
0: Well, I was so thankful for all the folks that have been calling in. As a matter of fact, I got, just before we went on, uh, this program got a call from uh, some of the folks that had a gathering listening to our podcast. Wow. So there's about seven people listening to the podcast that we did last uh, from the Crack House to the White House. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're actually inspiring uh, group listenings yes. now, I suppose, then, huh? Yes. Well, that's, Say, nice. that's nice to know. to know. Well, thank you guys uh, mm. out there for listening. Uh, if you're getting together in groups, uh, take a picture and send to us. We'd mm. love to see it, and, uh, yes. you. Know, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. And if if you like what you hear, drop us five stars. And uh, you know, help our rating and and help other people to find it. And please pass it along. You know, and you can visit our Facebook page mm-hmm. and. You can email us if you want at the I was there podcast at gmail.com, and yeah, we love feedback, and we hope you're enjoying what we're doing, because we're having a good time doing
0: yeah, it. Absolutely great time doing it, and today is no exception, because we have somebody real special with us today, and I haven't seen this gentleman in, what, it's been about 20-some years since I've seen you last. 18. Uh, about eight. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. And I was so thrilled when you said that uh, Big Tom has come to town. He's, Big Tom. Uh, so, yeah. We'll be so, talking to him. So, kind of give us a little rundown on how this all came to be and what are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, I have the pleasure of meeting Big Tom's family. I grew up with his kids, uh, his his oldest son in particular. I met in, when I was in band in junior high in seventh grade <laughs> and through him, I got to know his siblings and got to know his parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I knew Tom, I know his dad is Big Tom, and so Uh I might refer to him as Big Tom tonight as we talk to him. I've had the pleasure of knowing the Minahan family now for, Mm. for, gosh, 40 years maybe? Mm. maybe even longer than that, but Mm. um, they have been just such a blessing in my life. And I actually used to work for Big Tom Uh as well when I was in college. I worked for him for a bit, but um, in getting to know Big Tom throughout the years and his family, and, and even in recent years, just talking to him more and more, I've learned that he has... An interesting perspective on history, he uh, and we're going to go into that. And we're here for a very special occasion today, right? And what is that, Jeff? Well, <laughs> we are, we are this uh, on on this coming uh, Saturday. <laughs> big Tom is going to be celebrating a big birthday. Oh my goodness! And so um, there, he's going to he's going to have a, a big uh, bash. And uh, there's big, a local it? organization, the Bellflower Kiwanis, are going to recognize yes. him. And so, you know, I just thought this is a great opportunity to to get together and, and just kind of you know learn a little bit about Tom's history and celebrate him. So, uh, what's the what's the big occasion? Well, can I say what birthday
2: it is? Well, it'd be the nine zero. It's the big the big, big nine zero. I, mean, I only that's, got that's... I only got ten more good years to go. Ah, uh, you <laughs> got you got twenty at least.
1: <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the big nine oh, and so through, you know, years through, old. through ninety years, there's a lot of wow. wisdom there. Yeah, a so, whole lot of wisdom. Yeah, and so hopefully we can tap into some of that and learn something today. Yes, yeah, let's do it. So, Tom, why don't we go back? Thank, first of all, thanks for joining us, and uh, why don't we start with the beginning? Where were you born, and maybe tell us a little bit about your childhood?
2: I was born in a little town, southern Nebraska. And uh, we lived there uh, only because it was a place to stay until my dad was able to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And we came to California and lived with my grandmother when I was two. And we came to California, we had, uh, my fa- parents had seven children, and we came to California and lived in my grandmother's one-car garage. Wow! And that was in 1935. Wow. And, and those were tough times because I, from the story I hear, I never went hungry, but the story I hear, we didn't have any money and my dad didn't have a job. And of course, my grandmother and grandfather had to put up with their their (laughs) son-in-law, which was not—probably wasn't very pleasant, I mean, as I can look back, it couldn't have been very pleasant. But eventually things worked out. My dad got a job, and uh, everything worked out, we had our own house eventually.
1: Yeah. So, 1935. That was in the midst of the depression. Depression. At, yeah. yeah. Right at the end of the depression. Yeah. yeah. What are your memories of, of that time? I mean, I, you said it was it was a tough time, and I think it was a tough time for a lot of Americans. I remember hearing from my grandparents just how rough it was during those years. What What, what are your memories? Well, I, of that?
2: I remember one one uh, saying. My older brother popped off and said one time. He said. Everybody said we were poor, and he said, I never knew we were poor until so somebody told me. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, "We just everybody was in the same boat. And yeah. we were, that's the way it went. We went to church, or we knew the people at the church. We played baseball together, and we just kind of hung out together. And had we were marshmallows and things yeah. like that. So yeah. that was the entertainment. So. Wow. wow.
0: But you said, you said that um, uh, earlier that um, you guys weren't hungry or what have you. How were you able to you know, sidestep all the other things that other people were experiencing at that time?
2: Well, I guess everybody was in the same boat, so, there, you know, uh, we have a pantry at church, we give out food to the poor, and I'm sure I'm sure my dad found out where that was, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, I, I really don't know, but uh, there was places, I guess you pick up food, and uh, he had finally got a job, but a long time he didn't have a job. Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: In fact, uh, another story that I heard later on in life is, is that we came to California, and we, we put all, all the kids in one car, and... Of course, we didn't stop on the way. We just kept on going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, once we got to California, the uh, the police came and picked up my dad, and took him to jail. Oh no. And I never did you know, It was heartbreaking for for my older sister to tell me this. Yeah. And what, what happened though? He had some cattle, and he mortgaged the cattle. And he, when he sold the, when he sold the cattle, he's supposed to pay off the mortgage. Well, he didn't do that. He, oh. he kept the money. <laughs> and, and that's how I am assuming he got the enough gas to get to California. Wow, right. right. okay. Right. And so okay. he didn't do, it, do anything real right, but here, here, now here's my mother living with her folks and the, all the kids living in a garage and her husband's in jail. Yeah. Wow. And wow. fortunately, I had an uncle that uh, he uh, came to the pipes and he, uh, he bailed him out. He got yeah. out, I think, the next day and eventually got a job. Yeah. But uh, he didn't do the wrong thing, but he didn't do the right thing either. But, <laughs> and in those days, you could do that. You could right. just uh, file a claim mm-hmm. and have the person pick, put in jail until they paid the bill. Yeah. Mm. You can't do that a day. You have to spend you know, court after court after court <laughs> to get somebody to go to jail. So, yeah. But it was it was heartbreaking for me to hear that, but it was you know a sad thing. So. Yeah. Well, you know, he's probably, I mean, that's probably, sadly, a,
1: a pretty common story back then, because I know that people were, especially in the Midwest, my family came from uh, Texas and Missouri during that time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, tough times. I think people were doing anything they could to survive, and if that's what you had to do to survive, and California, I know there was the mass migration to California during that time, because everyone thought there was jobs <coughs> in California, and so people were t- doing anything they could to get out here any any way
2: they could, so... Mm. Uh, you know, just well, another story I heard, too, is, uh, and I was young all this time, too, though, but I heard one time, I was, my dad said, he said, if we stay in uh, Nebraska, we're going to starve and we're going to freeze. <laughs> so if we go to California, we might just starve. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a warm garage to live in. I had the yeah. top bunk, and we shared the top bunk with somebody else. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we managed, and I say a lot of people were in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we went alone. Yeah. And
0: speaking of California in the early days, I understood you lived actually in Compton. Is that true? I went all the way through school in Compton. Is yeah. that yeah. right? So it was a different Compton back in back it in was those days. Entirely, was it entirely yeah. different. Yeah. What what happened? <laughs> I mean, I'm no <laughs> <to>. <laughs> I, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Compton. We'll get letters. Um, but what? Can you walk us through that 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 time period?
2: No, it was just a changing period. People moving out and and the. Oh, you say the black people were moving no, in? Right. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. I, yeah, yeah, I, I said say it without what. It. <laughs> I said it you
0: know, straight out of Compton. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so Tom, Tom's an original OG, basically OG, yeah, from, from yeah. Compton. And so Compton, because I had read that the, the kind of the they called it the white flight when when the black community started moving to Compton in the early '50s. Post war, but prior to then, from what I've heard, Compton was a pretty idyllic place. Very outstanding. Right. The ranches yeah. and yeah, yeah. It was, I read it was it's it's one of the oldest communities in Los Angeles County. Right. I think it's the eighth oldest community or something. Wow. It was established mm-hmm. in the like the mid 1800s, mid to late 1800s. And so, what was Compton like back yeah. then? Yeah. When you, yeah. what are your memories of Compton?
2: Well, it was just an upcoming city, and uh, everybody was friendly and. Top. When I was uh, 27, I already had my own business that I worked for a man when I was 13, and by the time I was 27, I owned a business. Oh wow! wow. And at uh, 27, 28, I joined the Kiwanis Club, oh, okay. and, and i got to tell you, the Kiwanis Club, we had 100 members at one time, and we just had everybody in town just like what we have here in Belfar, yeah. but we had more, more of a group.
1: In, right. This was in Compton? In Compton, yeah. not Com- that's where your first business was at? No, that wasn't my Compton. business
2: was, but then, then I got into the uh, carpet business uh-huh. uh, by accident. But anyway, I got into the carpet business, and I still had the upholstering business, and I moved the carpet business to La Mirada, where right. I stayed there until... 1999. Yeah, yeah. So
1: your first business was upholstery then? Upholstery, yes. Okay, how'd you get into the upholstery business?
2: I was in the eighth grade, and a friend of mine says that he had the job. I was in the seventh grade, I guess, and he was in the eighth grade, and my friend Jack Levy says, I got this job doing it at the upholstery shop, just taking apart old furniture, and I'm not going to do it anymore. You want it. And I, was, I was selling newspapers, and I said, Well, that sounds like a lot better than selling newspapers. And besides, you get to keep all the money you can find in the, in the <laughs> sofas and the chairs when you take them apart. I said, That really sounded good. So I started working for the man, and I, I worked for him from 13 until I guess maybe I was only 24 the time I bought the business from him. Wow. 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 And Interesting. it was very. It, as far as upholstery businesses go, it was an outstanding business. Outstanding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I want to go back a little bit because
1: you got your business at 27, but before you got your business, one thing that I we talked about not too long ago that I learned was that you served in the Korean War.
2: Right. Were you well, I drafted? And at that time, you were drafted at 19 and drafted for two years. Drafted for that, two because years. Because of the Korean War. huh. But I was only in... I was in for about eight weeks and the Korean War was over, mm. and so oh. I, the mentality I had, I had enough of it already, <laughs> and, and I assumed we go pack our bags and give them back their clothes and stuff and go home. Mm. It yeah. didn't work that way. You, you signed up, you didn't sign up, they drafted you for two years, yeah. so you were going to stay there for two years. So, Even you, though the war was over, you're, you're the stuck there. The war was over, yeah, so yeah. you you learned real quick and make the most of it. Yeah. So, what did you do? What was your MOS? Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of different jobs because the war was over and people were, you know, were transferring people. They were really trying to find places for people to mm. keep them busy. Right. And uh, it was probably a pretty big job doing that. But I ended up being dayroom orderly, mm. and milk Clerk. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was, you know, up to about six months, seven months, and uh, I didn't do anything. I had a part-time job doing upholstery. And, in town, mm. and I'd go in town oh, and work. Okay. I mean, I could I could have poultry, at, you know, at that point. And I'd cool, go in there and work three or four hours. I mean, I I was rolling the money, sending money home. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it, but yeah. uh, then uh, at one point I got in a little bit of trouble. uh Oh, you know, well, I, inquiring minds want to know. what what happened there? Well, I'm not proud of the fact, mm-hmm. but I hit a target. Mm-hmm. And, and the Army, any service, if you hit an officer, a non-commissioned Ouch. officer, if you hit him, it, you go to the brig. <laughs> yeah. And it's automatic. You go to the brig for six months and you just do discharge. Ooh. And that's thats where I hit him because I hit this guy pretty hard. Oh. <laughs> did he deserve it? Uh, I think he deserved it. It's something you don't steal, you don't do. And it took me, you know, I didn't care at the time because he made a unappropriate move on me. Oh. And and I thought he had he deserved it. I mean anybody <laughs> that do something like that deserved it. I mean anybody do something to one of my kids I'd black men one too. Yeah, so anyway, long story short, he um he said, well, I'm gonna take you and tell the captain what you did. And I said, You better tell him what I did and I'm gonna tell him what you did too. Oh. So he you know, next thing I know I'm standing in front of the captain all decked out and uh, he uh, told the captain what happened, and the captain says, "Okay." He says, "I'll I'll take care of it." Well, fortunately, I always went to church on Sunday morning. Uh-huh. I never missed a Sunday morning, and the captain happened to be Catholic. And Sunday morning in an army camp, there's only 25, 30 people there, so he had to see me every every Sunday. <laughs> so I just I, I figured today that he figured I couldn't be all bad for what I did. What I did was wrong, but he figured I wouldn't be all wrong. So he says, "Minahan," he says. I got two choices to do with you. The first choice I send you is a stockade. What's the second choice? (laughs) I don't want the first choice. The second choice is I send you to Japan. You go to Japan, you go home for 30 days first, and then you come back here, and then you ship out to Japan, and you spend the rest of your time over in Japan. I said, I'll take the second choice. (laughs) And, and, And I still contribute to the fact that this guy... Thought that I couldn't be all bad, right? You know? Right. And, right, and right. so he he did something that he didn't really should have done. He should have just sent me to the stockade and been right. over with, and and my life would have been over with as far as the service goes. Yeah. So as it was, I ended up going to Japan. Wow. And, wow. By the time I got to Japan, it was a two weeks, two weeks run on a uh, on a ship, a freight ship, uh-huh. not freight, a troop ship. And then I in Japan, I finagled around where one day they were asking for a um, volunteer to go to the MPs. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, eh, you know, no who'd want to be an MP? I'm thinking, it be a lot better than what I'm doing here <laughs> on this line company because I'm climbing poles, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> and they think you know, better. So i go going there and I went in and, uh, for an interview with the colonel. And the colonel says, well, Ben he says, why would you want to be an MP? I said, well, sir, I says, when I get out of the Army, I hope to get on the Los Angeles Police Department. Mm. Oh. And I think being an MP would be good for my uh, for my record. Yeah. And he says it's good thinking. He said, but didn't you ever think about staying in the army? Mm. And I was only a private at the time. Uh-huh. And I said, well, sir, only if I get into something I really enjoy, then I might think about staying in. Mm. Well, I was in the MPs. We'd, we had a two-week hard school and then on-the-job training.
0: Wow! Wow! wow. So, didn't you, didn't you uh, I heard somebody, maybe through Jeff or someone, that you used to drive around in General? Well,
2: no, not the General. I didn't get that far. Oh. If I would have re-upped, I might have it to the General. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but as it was, I drove the Colonel. The Colonel? Yeah, okay. I, was, I was over to his driver, We and we had a special Jeep that said Provost Marshal on it. Oh, Provost Marshal, oh, yeah, I remember. And people see that Jeep, they step aside a little bit more oh, yeah. than just oh, the military. Yeah. So yeah. they thought the colonel was in there with me, but he wasn't in there at <laughs> all. But no, I drove him for probably the last three or four months I was in Japan, which oh, is, wow. which is a, a good, soft job. Yeah. What of part of Japan? Uh, mostly in Hokkaido. Hokkaido. Northern, yeah. 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 The very northern part of Japan. So. Yeah. 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 So, Beautiful place. Beautiful yeah. country.
1: Ron's been to Japan. He yeah.
2: Ron yeah. lived in
0: Japan yeah. three years.
2: Oh, yeah. did you? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. In northern parts there? Uh, Sasebo.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yokohama Sasebo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fuel Depot oh, Army. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I had a good time there, and then, you know, eventually my two years was up, and I came home and went back to the upholstery shop. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just so we kind of get a, a little bit of a insight into what year was that, that you were in Korea and Japan? What, what year uh, would that have been? 53. 53.
2: 53, I got out of the Army.
1: Okay, so you're eight years after World War II, basically. No, 53, 54, 55 I got out. 55 yeah. you got out, yeah. okay. So you're
2: post-war.
1: Um, what, what was... Korea and Japan, like I mean, what what was that like back then?
2: Well, oh, you can still tell us see the remnants of the, you know, the, you know, the bombing and the downpour yep. and, and the Japanese people, they were, you know, more or less. A lot of them were houseboys, and uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a backward country, kind of what we saw of it. it was the area we saw of it. Yeah. Um, it was it was good. I mean, we had you know we had, in the army had a lot of fun there. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. Yeah, we traveled, you know, traveled around quite a bit. Were
1: they were they welcoming? I mean, because we had fought them. How what was their attitude towards the American soldiers?
2: The Japanese, I think that they didn't have an army, or they had an army, Uh but uh, they didn't have any weapons. But they they were soldiers, and we were soldiers. Uh We couldn't talk Japanese, and they couldn't speak English. But we sure drink a lot of beer together, <laughs> and we and we knew what was happening between us and just drinking beer. So you so you actually bonded then with, yeah, with the yeah we did people. bond with the, with the Japanese. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so, that's great. Yeah. yeah, and so you finished up your career now working for the for the Colonel. What was that like? Because I would imagine you got to go to some fancy
2: uh, shindigs and well, not really, no. Because I you know I'd stay and watch the jeep. Nobody would steal it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, what was interesting, though, know, is one of the, one of the really nice things that came out of that. He had a, I don't know what it was. It might have been a nineteen fifty big Buick over uh-huh. there, his personal car. Uh-huh. And he, I guess, he definitely was a queer man, and he had his personal car there. So if he wanted me to run some errand for him, he wouldn't let me take the uh, his jeep to go on errands. He'd make me take his car, hmm. and so I'd drive his car down. And there were not too many people who had 1950 Buicks, so, right? And not what can.
0: <laughs>
2: I thought that was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. And I did that for my like three or four months. Yeah. Three or four months. Yeah.
1: And so, did they want you? Said they they were talking, trying to talk you into staying, but you you just Well they always home. make it, uh,
2: They were at that time they were still offering bonuses if you stayed, you know. Yeah. Up, but I hadn't. Yeah. I didn't have any any interest in that or any interest in getting on the L.A. Police Department. It was just a good opening for me to get there.
1: Uh uh So you didn't really want to be in the police department then?
2: No, I never had that in mind at all. (laughs) I, I just learned it. I learned a long time ago. Sometimes you got to tell a person what they want to hear. Yep, that's
0: right. Yep, yep, absolutely. I did it to him for years yeah. when he was my boss. Jeff was my boss. Yeah. And I sweetened yeah, I, him up real good, man.
2: <laughs> and I, I try to tell my kids that too. I say, you know, sometimes you just got to tell the people what they want to hear. You yeah. got to tell them the truth, you know. Yeah. But. but uh, uh, you can't lie to them, but you don't. You can't tell them the answer they're looking for. <laughs>
1: That's good advice.
0: Mm-hmm. Sage advice. Hey, That's So you, uh, let's 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 get him back to the states, okay. if you don't mind. Um, and uh, coming home from World War II, uh, my dad was in Cor- uh, World War Two, Korean War. Uh, my my dad was in the Korean War as well, and his reception wasn't so great when he came
2: back. How was yours? Uh, coming back to the states uh, after being... Oh, everything was very normal. Yeah, I was. You know, I went right to my job the next day, you know, so, it, uh, it right. was just normal as could be. I, you know, picked up where I left off. So the homecoming was just seamless. No, uh, I just, just came routine, on in. you know. Yeah. Had a lot of friends coming back at the same time, I, a lot of guys I went to school with yeah. went in the same time and came out around the same time. Yeah. So, huh. so we, you know, we picked up where we left off, <laughs> out, out drinking beer <laughs> at 19, 20, well, by this time we were 21 years old, so yeah. right. we didn't have to have somebody buy it for us like we did. When we yeah. went in there. Oh, well, how old were you when when, when you met your wife? When well, I met my wife? Yes. Oh man, I was twenty nine years old. Twenty nine. Yeah, I had <laughs> I had too much fun. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <that. laughs> no, I was. Uh, uh, How'd you meet her? I I met her at a youth group in Long Beach. And the youth group is called Single Catholics Over 20. Mm. And so when you get over 20 and you're Catholic, you're not married yet, you better you know, look around right. and, and uh, start thinking about it. Right. And I was already 27, 28 years old. Yeah. Right. And by right. this time I was 29, probably, or 28. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so anyway, I, went, I, I was down there, and a friend of mine, uh, Dick Pierce, had some girl secretaries that worked with him, and he invited not only his secretary, but she brought some friends down. One happened to be Kay, uh-huh. and she only went there one time. I went there three times, and, <laughs> and we started dating after that. And that was a wow. And wow. we dated for about a year, and got married.
1: Uh huh. Wow. Oh, wow. Beautiful lady. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: At that point, did you have your carpet business or your? When
2: did you get your? Carpet I had both. Business? <laughs> you had both upholstery and yeah. carpet. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, actually, when I got married, I only had the uh, uh, upholstery business. Okay. Uh, but then within a year or so, I got mixed up with this carpet thing. Uh-huh. And, uh, I got into the carpet more or less full time. Gotcha. Well, you when, remember the carpet because you used to drive to May Company and pick up all those. Well, I used uh, to carpets. have to go to May
1: Company and pick up carpet all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I
0: worked on the docks at May
1: Company. And yeah. I probably saw you down there you picking up carpet for, <laughs> for Big Tom, but that's funny. So what made you decide to to come to Bellflower?
2: People were moving out and uh, we had a Fairly nice home in Belfast In fact, uh-huh. I lived on a street that I had thought when I used to sell newspapers at 10 years old, I thought if I ever lived on this street, I'd be on top of the world. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it was changing. People were moving out. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, it was just, I say, turmoil. Just, things were moving.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And uh, people were buying bigger houses in Orange County and Palos Verdes and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So I made I made the big step and, and bought a big house in Bellflower. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And that's as far as I uh, as far as I could go. Yeah. 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 So you had your
1: business in La Mirada, and then your house in, in Bellflower. Yeah. And then you started your regular... I still had a
2: posting shop, but Oh okay. Uh, real estate real estate really took a big hit. And uh-huh. that's what uh, I had I owned a building there and where it got to be worth we we next to nothing. Oh, you couldn't you couldn't sell it if somebody had the money to pay you for it. You couldn't oh, sell it. Wow. And I had a couple of apartments at the time too and, and they weren't worth it. Yeah. they they're hardly worth what the mortgages were on them. Mm. But it was just a tough time and if you know, anybody's in real estate knows things go up and down. But this time it really took a big dip. Mm-hmm. So.
1: This was in Compton.
2: In Compton. Yeah. And so was that after that? Was that when the riots were
1: going on and whatnot? Because my parents got caught up in that. They owned Literally, a house. yeah. They got a, they owned oh, a house yeah. in South. Yeah, well, that. And yeah, the riots thing.
2: were a big thing, and they and that was so close to the riots. I mean, we had yeah. You know, we thought they were going to tear our building down. They sure. Were, I mean, they the things changed so much. Our building got broken into it continually. Yeah. And they break right. the windows and yeah. I uh, just. For meanness, you know, no need to yeah. yeah. break the window and break, get in and, and steal some fabric or something. But like sure, sure. So I, I wasn't the only one. That, they, no, we knew had, had to get out.
1: My family had to move from Southgate because of that. My parents mm-hmm. built their first home there in Southgate because, like you talked about, Compton being kind of an idyllic place. They talked the same way about Southgate. They had grown up in Southgate and they said it was a beautiful community. But then mm-hmm. the riots happened, and overnight, almost it just went downhill and. Uh, we started getting the graffiti everywhere and the vandalism everywhere and uh, the property dipped same thing and my parents had to take a loss on that house in order to
2: move yeah, and so yeah, yeah
1: it's uh, i think it, you know it, it was just that was happening everywhere right. around mm-hmm. that yeah. that that area but um right.
2: yeah know, a building boom in the orange county area and Yeah. and people were buying big homes very reasonable uh-huh. it, it is isn't that expensive. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Asked me how much I paid for the house in Belfair. yeah What did you pay for
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> Your big house in Belfair, you Yeah, pay the big for? house
2: in Belfair, yeah we paid $36,000 for it. Wow. 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 36000 And my poor mother came and looked at it and she shook her head and she says, You can't afford this. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to lose it. And uh, $36,000, thirty six that has been, been 52 years ago. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, it ended up being a pretty good investment.
2: That was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you so you had your you had your carpet business, uh, and, and you're married, and you're living in Belfair, and then you start having a family,
2: and uh, well, I started having the family in Compton. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Was, yeah. It was we were married in in sixty uh, two, and mm-hmm. we started having family in sixty three. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and I think you know that we had. Four children in five years' time, so, <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's why I knew we needed a bigger house. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, boy, four kids in five years—that's a—that's a busy household. Well, for Kate,
2: it was a big household. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's yeah. busy. Wow, yeah. So, just so the audience knows, Tom has five kids. Mm-hmm. I grew up with with uh, almost all of them. The, the, the younger one, Ted, he's he's younger, so yeah. he was he was still in diapers. I think when I first met you guys, but I think I told you when I think of. You and Kay. I mean, you guys are faith, family, and then friendships. I mean, really just that's what that's what I've seen in you guys throughout the years. And you know, you you you've been involved with the church. You've always demonstrated that. And you have a in fact, you have a place in Lake Mead and you were always generous with when, when we worked for you letting us go and use that place but one of the rules was we had to go to church on Sunday. (laughs) So we would always have to go in and say hi to Father Joe to make sure that he told you that we were there on Sunday. But but yeah and so but with the parenting you've done an amazing job with your family and that if you think about you've got you've got everything you need. You got a doctor, you got a lawyer, you got a teacher, you got an accountant and you got a business owner. So uh, how did you do it? What's your advice to not only raising a great, successful family, but to this day, they're all grown and they're all extremely close. I mean, that's so rare in today's society. I mean, what's what's the secret to that? What did you and Kay do? I mean...
2: What's your advice? Good question. <laughs> 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 if, if I could market that, I'd probably make a whole lot of money. You sure <laughs> <we would. Sure laughs> definitely would. would. But yeah. I, I can't really give you a good answer for it. It's just a, you got a good partner and you have the same values in life, and uh, that's what you do. It's just just normal thing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing unusual about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, you're at a good point though. I could market that if I did a <laughs> rich man. Rich man. But,
1: <laughs> yeah, because it really is a, a story of, of success. And like I said, I've I've always looked up to your family, and and you guys have been like a, a second family to me as well. I mean, you've been like I said, you've been so generous with uh, with your time and the things you did. You guys were always very involved in the community too. Like you said. Um, your friendships, and you mentioned the Bellflower Kiwanis. You got involved with Kiwanis back in Compton, but right. then you continued on. Well, I did novel. really
2: continue on, because we moved over. I, I basically dropped out of Kiwanis at the time because I had my hands full mm-hmm. over here. So that was one of the things I could eliminate, and so I did eliminate it, but then uh, I was only out of it for, I don't know, a year, maybe two years. Uh-huh. But Ken Cleveland used to got a hold of me, and they all of them know well, Ken Cleveland. Yeah, oh uh, well, yeah. Uh, he got a hold of me and he, he always uh, told me, called me up and says, uh, Tom, I got a house over there. We got to put carpet in. He says, uh, meet me at Friday in Kiwanis and we'll talk about it. And uh-huh. he did that to me about every other Friday for <laughs> <through> about three <laughs> months. I, just, I finally gave in. I said, you know, I might as well join. I didn't, I, I didn't really have the time, but I, I uh-huh. did join and I'm glad I did join back in the Kiwanis because it's been part of my life. Too.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Part of my what, life. What's,
0: uh, there's, there's a difference.
2: In Kiwanis back then and now, uh, what
0: are some of the changes? Uh, and, and and also, I, I notice I don't see a lot of young people. Are, are, are you doing something to bring in young people to well, keep we're this trying legacy? To because
2: you know, I think right now I don't know what our membership is because it, uh, it's not as strict as it used to be. When mm-hmm. I first joined. If you miss three meetings, you better have a big excuse. Right. Or at the board meeting, your name would come up at the board meeting, and if you didn't have any reason for missing three meetings, you're out, mm-hmm. huh. and they would they would actually vote you out. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to, but they wanted they wanted close to perfect attendance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they got close to perfect attendance, and, mm-hmm. and that's what made the club dry mm-hmm. dry club. But things have changed there too, though, because uh, today it, it takes... A family, it takes full-time work to, to keep a family going and right, keep yeah. a business going. Now, if you're right. a business owner, you can't afford to be paying people to, to do work that you can do. Right. <laughs> right. And, right. Uh, but, uh, and that's one of the big drawbacks of, of uh, people joining the corners today, is that, uh, everybody's too busy. To, mm. Yeah. But the yeah. ones that do join, and I think we uh, we come here every Friday, we have a good time, we uh, try to have a program going on. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, we're here to help each other and help to help the community yeah and yeah. that's the main thing i mean you got it you got to put out to the community and help the community as much as you can yeah uh, i'm sure the city officials will say they can't run it by themselves they depend on the volunteers to to get things done
1: yeah it's a, I, I think it's important and you're right I, I think a lot of clubs and and even churches are having a hard time these days people aren't getting involved as like they used to and True. And, and, and you know like you said it's expensive and it's people are busy but it, I know that it seems like you got a lot from participating and being active in those groups. What did you get out of it, and well, why do you think it's important You you? You know,
2: and, and we've always said this, and I've been told this, and I've told other people this, you don't join Kiwanis for what you can get out of Kiwanis. Mm-hmm. You want to join Kiwanis for what you can give. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, as I was in business, I got so much business out of the Kiwanis mm-hmm. community. It was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one time, we had a Herman Goslin. He had five dress stores, and every time he'd open a dress store, he, he wouldn't tell me that he needed carpet, he'd just tell me to go do the carpet. <laughs> and, and he wouldn't I mean, he wouldn't ask me for a, a price yes, or anything. Yeah. He said, Tommy, I've got a shopping mall up here, I'm just opening up a store, and mm. go up there and measure it up and tell me how much the carpet's gonna cost. Yeah. Mm. And uh, just you run into people like that.
1: Right, yeah. right, Yeah. right. So it's a good networking opportunity, it sounds like. It, it
2: was, yeah. I mean, I say yeah. you don't want to ever join an organization, any organization for the uh-huh. networking but it just comes automatic
1: i guess you could say the same with church i mean you go to church to to be able to give and to be able right. to you receive help, yeah. and help and yeah do the do the do the community good. Yeah. yeah
2: where yeah. did you go to church? What, what was your
0: uh, main parish? Uh,
2: St. Bernard's in Bellflower. St. Bernard's. Yeah, uh-huh. I've already gone there, yeah. You've been how many years now? Oh, I've been there for 52 years. Wow. But, uh, but then in Compton, I mean, that's the only other church where we went, was Our Day of Victory in Compton. Uh-huh. That's where I went to school for eight years. Wow. Wow. And I didn't go after eight years. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I just want, you know, 90 years uh, you've lived, and uh, surely. You have uh, have experience and wisdom far beyond anybody at this table, especially Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I know Jeff too long. <laughs> That's the problem. And I don't argue with you on that. <laughs> That's the problem. But um, um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned in your 90 years that you can pass on to us?
2: I, I think... The big thing is just be honest with people and uh, mm. do what you can to help other people. And when if you're helping them, they're going to help you. Mm. And that's what we need in this life. I mean, we can't mm. do everything on our own.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hardly anything. And then, well, in marriage advice. Well, you've been married <laughs> how long now? Uh, it's been... Uh, Don't six, get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think about
2: it. It's been 60 years anyway. Wow. 60 years. Wow. And, wow. wow. Amazing. Yeah, what's your? Well, no, Terry out. there, Terry will be there. Terry's out there. She's almost sixty, so it's been sixty years. It
1: better be sixty years. Yeah.
2: <laughs> probably, six, probably closer to sixty one. Yeah.
1: Well, what's That's your wild. advice? I mean, because we have a, we have a, a pretty wide audience that listens to this podcast, and so what's your advice? Or oh, you
2: can put this on the air. Heck yeah! yeah. <laughs> People can learn from it. What do you? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so you you know you. <coughs> I thought it was just for years? this group was going to hear it. No, oh, no, no! You're gonna
1: no, have, no. have a fan club after this. So. <laughs> you need an agent. Yeah. yeah. So, what's your advice to folks? sixty, 60 years of marriage—that's marriage. huge.
2: Well, I think anybody in marriage that long—I mean, sometime along they are going to have problems. And I think people have money money problems. I mean, that's uh-huh. that's a normal thing. I think I think everybody will admit to that. And so, over the years, I think I learned it. If I make the money, and Kay spends the money, we're gonna get along perfectly well. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. I wish
0: I'd have known that about you know twenty years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. Well, nice. Yeah. Wow. I'm 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 just kind of like uh, blown away. Young people. Well, you see, young people today, they're so different than it was when 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 we were coming up and when you were coming up. What advice do you have to young people today?
2: I can remember one thing that my dad always taught me and. Uh, I didn't think it was very smart at the time, but he he always said to my brothers and sisters, "It's better to have a job and not be, get paid than not have a job at all." Mm. Mm. And today, I'm mm. telling you, today young people they want to make you know they want to make twenty dollars an hour and they're not worth twenty dollars. Mm. Uh, right. If if you ask uh, anybody in business, it's difficult to hire a, a young person anymore. And, yeah. I, where I got my training was working for somebody for next to peanuts, you know? for free, but yeah. I was glad to have the job. Yes. You know, I, I had the job and I had money in my pocket. Yes. it wouldn't matter how much I made yeah. I was making something mm-hmm. Yes. and, and they not they just right away they said, you go to Home Depot when you want to hire somebody, which I don't do that, and I've done that before, but I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. but the first thing they want want to know is, how much are you gonna pay me, and when's lunch? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And, and that, that's, that's a shame. Right, a it is. Shame. It really a is. To, and that and not everybody. I mean, there's people out there still want to work, but uh, uh, I run into people all the time. They, they would hire somebody. There, people willing to work, but they're not willing to work. It's, right. That's, that's not. Uh, it's not worth it to hire them. Yeah. Do Do you
0: think technology today's technology has uh, something to do with that? I mean, remember Dick Tracy? Well, and all I'm of not that? too
2: smart on technology, so I can't hear. <laughs> I can't hear. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think so, because um, you think everybody wants to go to college, and I'm not, get, not against going to college, but everybody is not made out to go to college. That's right. And That's there's true. a lot of money, to me, wasted in college. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you can't say you're wasting it if you're out there having fun, because you know you're only going to live once, so you got to have fun in life, too. Right, right. But uh, there's too right. many jobs out there. Would don't require college education, right? But you have to learn. You have to be able to work your way up to make any money. it. Right.
0: Them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Remember, we used to have wood shop in, in high school, and metal skills, shop, vocational yeah. skills, yep. and they don't have those anymore. No.
1: You know, that's how I learned a few little things. You know, but uh, every like you say, everybody's not uh, geared for college. Well, you know, yeah. one of the amazing things that that blows me away. For instance, Tom's oldest son right now is kind of redoing a house and. Your, your boys, I mean, they know how to do everything. You know, you've, like I said, you've got a doctor, a lawyer, and a, and a business owner, but they work with their hands, and they know how to fix things, and, and that wow. comes from the example you set in, you know, working on properties and, and rehabbing properties and teaching them. One thing I, I think that you always gave was enough freedom for us to try to fix it, figure out how to mm, fix things. It out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And we didn't always know what we were doing. And I was probably the worst of all of them, admittedly. But through that trial and error, your boys are amazing. I don't know the word for it, men, skilled. skilled. Uh, they got skills. They can do almost everything. Electric plumbing, uh, carpeting, definitely. And Tim does flooring and whatnot. And uh, just, uh, yeah, they, they know how to work with their hands. You know? yes. They're not afraid of it. Wow. You know, you've been a big example in my life. And uh, I've learned a lot from you. Who are some of the, your biggest influences throughout your life so probably my
2: wife yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. without doubt i mean she's there all the time so yeah uh, so as I, as I said before yeah. when you learn to let her spend the money and you make the money <laughs> and everything's going to work out fine yeah
1: yeah. yeah yeah well when back when i was in college and worked with you guys she was there as well so yeah. i mean you, you guys worked together oh yeah and
2: and so that goes back to what i was saying too is, is you can't afford to pay somebody for what they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kay's a good example of it. Uh, she never took a salary when she worked for me, mm-hmm. but she did the work that uh, earned more than most other people working for me. Yeah. Yeah. But Amazing. And, and that's why we survived, more than likely, why we survived that business when we did uh, yeah. And yeah. then we were fortunate enough to, uh, the city wanted to buy the building, so that's kind of a icing on the cake at the time.
1: Well. <laughs> It was it was a great job for me during college, and I I, I want to thank you for
2: hiring me, oh, <laughs> and I, for all I the. I'd I'd let you drive that big truck that didn't have any brakes on.
1: Oh. <laughs> what, what was that? Tell me about that. Oh my that. gosh! Oh, you know the one the one story that I, I remember the most is, you, we had a big. <laughs> I was in college and I was green, a man. But we had this steak bed truck, uh. and one day Big Tom says, "Okay, I you came to me and you said, Jeff, I got a." We got a big load coming in. I need you to go to May Company. I need you, and you gotta come back with every roll they load. Don't don't leave any loads there. And so I go down there and, and I pull into the docks in downtown LA and they start loading this truck. And pretty soon it's going above the stake beds and, and and it's it's like high. And and I'm like, holy moly! And the and the and the bed of the truck's getting lower and lower. Oh, and this truck driver next to me comes over, he goes, how good are you at tying knots? (laughs) And I go, not very. And he goes, I'm going to tie this for you. Oh, wow. And he goes, that's a lot of carbon. I go, I know. And he goes, I'm going to tie it for you. And he got up there and we tied it together. (laughs) <laughs> I drove all the way back to La Mirada, yeah. and I, I, every bump I would hit, that stake bed would hit the oh. back tires because oh. it was bumping, <laughs> and uh, and the smoke was pouring out of the back because the tires were smoking, oh, and so no. I white-knuckled that that sucker all the way back to La Marotta, <laughs> But I made it back, but... Yeah. Uh, well, what about the brakes? What happened with, with the... <laughs> the brakes, I didn't even remember, but, yeah. you know, we would work those summers where we would, we would uh, redo those schools and... Pull-up carpet. Yeah, pull-up carpet. It was it was hard work, but it really I don't know there was something about it that just gave you purpose and right. gave you a good work ethic. Yeah, and working with all the boys I mean, working with you know your boys and uh, Mark Harold and you know Jay and I mean it, it it was just it was good honest work and it and we were all going to school at the time. It kept me in school because it taught me that's I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life, but <laughs> but I enjoyed it while I was doing it and. Yeah. Um, it was just a great lesson i just appreciate i i appreciate those days and and like i said there's so many things that i got to do because of your generosity i because of you i got to water ski i got to snow ski you would take <laughs> me on trips with the family i would never my parents never did any of that stuff uh, my parents were we did a lot we did camping and stuff but i would have never got to ski had it been not been for you guys and and you know, and just and just the friendships that I've had with your kids and your family over the years. I mean, it's just it's priceless. To me, it's just been priceless. And so I I, I thank you and I thank you for your family and and yes. for the example yes. you've set. I mean, it's just been... well,
2: you know, that's something we do today. Still, we still go on family trips. You mm-hmm. do, yes. Yeah, every, every year we go at least once, and sometimes two or three times. So yeah. I mean, maybe not the whole family, but at least all the family right. at one time during the year. Yeah. We've done that for the last five or six years. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Wow. So the so the party you're having on Saturday, you're going to have the whole family there. Well, how much is now that you've got grandkids, great grandkids? Do you have great? We have um, grandkids,
2: yeah. Terry has uh, five grandchildren, which are our great grandchildren. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So and when the whole family so you're five, gets five and one on the way. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. So when the like Saturday the event when the whole family shows up, I mean, how many people is that now?
2: Oh, uh, and just a family. Yeah. Thirty-three people. Thirty-three. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And that that's my children, their spouses and their children. And their yeah, children. Yeah. Thirty three. Wow. And now on Saturday I don't know who's gonna be there. I mean it may not be anybody there, who knows, you know? Yeah. But uh, there are a lot of <laughs> nephews and nieces out there and now if they yeah. show up there'd be something else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you probably have over hundred people there. You figure with all your contacts and your friends and family mm-hmm. and but again, friends, family, I mean, he's the exact that we don't one. know, and
2: you know, we, we hope to just have a good time and, and visit. And people, I know that a lot of the cousins will get to see each other. They haven't seen each other for a year or two years. Yeah. And uh, it would just be a good time well awesome
1: they're coming for you it's a good reason
2: <laughs> 90 years old 90 years, years young
1: shall we say that's right that's wow. right so, I should be so blessed yeah any any parting words anything else uh, you want to add
2: no I appreciate you guys coming out and, and uh, sharing this with the Qantas group and, uh, oh, uh, yeah. and wish you well and, and your, your fun game <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we do do this for fun it and is for, fun. It's for interviews like this indeed we, it makes yeah, it all yeah, worthwhile makes doesn't it makes it all worth it yeah so. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, Ron, you want to take us out of here then? Uh, Yeah. Which way did you come in? No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got a million of them, folks. Um, But no, uh, I also want to make mention uh, and thank all the folks that are listening in and, and downloading and... Uh, I, while we were sitting here, I've got people asking, where can I find it? They thought we were recording live tonight. Oh. Okay. And so they want to know, where can we find us? So I had three calls just while we were sitting here. So, Really? Uh, if you could, give our information out again one more time, how they can find us. They, and,
1: well, you know, if you, you find this podcast wherever you find your, your favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. So you got Apple, Apple Podcasts, you got Google Podcasts. Um, you, you can get a hold of us, though, through our Facebook page. Easy, uh, uh, The I Was There podcast uh if you want to email us it's uh the i was there podcast at gmail.com so um again reach out if these groups that are getting together man we want to hear from you so no i'm blown away <laughs> we need some we need some photo proof of that i think can,
0: I we, want... can we say the name say hi to jeff mitchell and jimmy and hey, Amy all Amy. those guys, uh, <laughs> so nice. You guys are listening in the group. Everybody that's with you. Yeah, thank thanks you for hosting so much. The
1: party, and I have a feeling we'll have a few Minohans listening to this one. So all right. Here's all a right. shout out to all the Minahan clan.
0: Yeah, so. Dr. Tom, my, my my physician. Whenever I have any kind of quirk or anything going on with me, I always go through the Jeff to get Dr. Tom's opinion. <laughs> so he's sort of my he's sort of my distant doctor, you know. Then I go to my doctor before I go after.
2: Well, can I add something about yes. that, Dr. Yes. Tom? Yes. Twelve years ago, we had a party for my sister. It was ninety years old. That was twelve years ago, and she was hitting the beer a little bit too early. At ten o'clock in the night. <laughs> at night, ten o'clock in the morning, she was out there drinking beer, and the sun's starting to shine. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she collapsed. Oh no! And Tom was there, and Tom grabs her, and she, she's dead.
1: No pulse? No pulse. Oh, oh my wow. gosh!
2: And so, in the meantime, somebody else called the paramedics. You know and. If ambulance shows up and the fire truck shows up, and, and here are these people are starting to gather for this 90th birthday. Oh
0: man!
2: So, oh, wow! And uh, my older brother, he looks at me. He says, "Tom, she's gone." Isn't she? And she, I said, "That's what he says." And so the paramedic says, "Well," and, and he says, "Well, we got to, uh, we put you in the ambulance and take you to the hospital." She says, "I'm not going to the hospital. I've got a birthday party going on here." <laughs> <laughs> she's ninety years old. <laughs> He says, well, we can't leave until we do an AKG on you. Uh, and so we got to take you in the house there and do an AKG. Mm-hmm. And they were in there for a half hour, 45 minutes. She comes down. She says, what's the big fuss going on here? We're having a party going on. <laughs> 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 that was my sister. Oh, wow. <laughs> holy, holy. Wow. And she lived another five years after that. So. Wow. wow. Yeah. So. You <laughs> never heard that? You never heard that story? About? No. Oh, Tom's pronounced her dead. Wow. wow. So. My thing is, if my son Tom ever says I'm dead, please get a second. to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that,
1: good,
0: oh, good, that's good. That's the good, perfect good. ending, man. Good. Perfect ending. Perfect ending. I can't top that. Wow. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, so thank you. Thank gosh, you for man. being here. So good to see you again. And. Uh, uh, we got to see more. We'll be stuck
2: by the Kiwanis someplace to, to anytime, see a more. Anytime, you. Friday, you want to come Plus, and have lunch, be, be my guest.
0: <laughs> but thank you so much for being with us. And again, yeah. folks, if you know of someone who has witnessed history, as uh, uh, Big Tom has, uh, the Korean War, and all that kind of stuff, if you know someone who was a witness to history, hit us up. Yep. You know, we'd like to get them on the program and talk to them. So, if nothing else is left, uh, we'll see you next time on uh, the I Was There
1: podcast.
0: Yeah, and- hey. You know, I was just wondering, can can you can you make my voice echo like was I was there.
1: Can you make it echo? when I'll see, you did? I'll see what I can do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching. Thanks I a lot. I was there. And one more time, happy birthday, Tom. Happy birthday to you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs>